0: Hey everyone, this is Kendall from Recording Lounge. Thanks for joining us today. This is episode 113 of the Recording Lounge podcast. So, in honor of 10 years of Recording Lounge, we are continuing on. This is part two of our four part series on my top 10 of 2019. When I suppose I really, uh, the last couple years, you could say these still apply. But um, today we're talking about my top 10 favorite plugins. We'll also have some honorable mentions in there, but um, again, I'm not going to just list them for you. I'm going to explain how I use them, why I use them, and why you might consider getting them or getting something similar to accomplish a similar thing. Uh, So without further ado, let's get started. Number 10, Sound Toys Tremolator. Now, a lot of people out there don't really realize how versatile Tremlo can be. Now, uh, just to do a quick recap, for any of you not familiar, tremolo is basically an oscillation of volume. Um, Vibrato is more of an oscillation in pitch, so, you know, vibrato on a singer, you know, the pitch goes up and down, it shakes a little bit. A tremolo is more of an oscillation in volume, so you get a sort of stutter effect or a really subtle kind of pulse. We've heard it on guitar amps, we've heard it on guitar pedals, we've heard it on... All kinds of things over the years, right? But Tremolator is something special because it not only is a Tremolo plugin, but to me, I look at Tremolator as like an amazing auto automation kind of tool, creating rhythms and envelopes and pulses and stutters and all kinds of amazing things that can be blended in. I have a YouTube video about using Tremlo to enhance a drum groove. I highly recommend you check that out because it can show you kind of what I'm talking about, where I use Tremolator to really enhance the sound of a drum groove by making it stutter and pulse and have a second rhythm underneath. I use Tremolator all the time. I use it on synths. I use it on guitars sometimes. I use it on basses. I use it on... Man, you'd be surprised what I use it on. I've used it on hi-hat. Now, of course, um, because it is, um, you know, a rhythmic thing, it typically works best when it's done with a click, when your song that you're working on was done with a click, uh, to the grid, and it was played rather tightly, because, you know, it follows that grid. Now, of course, you can tap tempo in, you can also, uh, you know, you could set it yourself manually. And there are other things that you can do within that, you know, but to me, the real key is when you sync it to your DAW, and by default, I have it synced, but there are tons of different wave shapes, not just sine wave and square wave. There are tons of different wave shapes. You can go in and edit your own rhythm, so you can make your own rhythmic pulses. You can obviously adjust the depth, meaning kind of like the wet-dry balance, um, or how much uh, how dramatic the effect of the tremolo is. Um, You can define eighth notes, sixteenth notes, dotted eighth notes, anything you can imagine. Um, It's basically just my ultimate kind of like rhythm creator tool. If I've got a synth that's cool, but it's like, let's say I have a pad that's kind of just doing like whole notes, right? But instead I can make the pad swell and go like that. Um, every couple of bars consistently and i i won't have to do any automation to do that i i can just pop on tremolator set the rhythm to what i want set the wave shape to what i want and get really amazing effects out of that um, it's really an incredible plugin uh so definitely check it out number nine is the uad ampex 102 so UAD makes a bunch of amazing plugins, and uh, they make a bunch of great tape plugins. And there's a lot of great tape plugins out there that I really love, but uh, that one is my particular favorite. It's incredible on the master bus. It's incredible on bass. It's incredible on snare. The EQ on it is amazing. Um, it's it's really really good um, for just the high EQ. I mean, that type of clarity you can bring out on something is really incredible. It's it's hard to really describe how good this plugin is at doing that sort of thing. Yes, it is just another tape plugin. Uh, yes, you do have to be careful with it because you can go too far and turn it into distortion. But in general, this plugin saturates and and tames transients and warms things up in all the ways that you always wish tape plugins would do. Without sounding like you did a bunch of crazy distortion on it, right? Like there are some tape plugins out there that do that thing, but that uh, it's so it's obvious you really hear it. Like wow, I, I'm distorting this practically. Um, and there are other amazing saturation plugins out there, some that are on this list um, that I love, but sometimes they they're a little hard to control. And the Ampex, I mean, it's amazing. It's so smooth. Um, it, it works really beautifully on almost any application. Um, I highly recommend it. Out of all the tape machine plugins that I've got, that has become my new favorite. and I've ha- I have a lot of them, and that one is just amazing. All right, number eight is the native Instrument's transient master. So what is a transient designer? We've talked about this on some episodes before, but a transient designer is basically a combination of an expander, and a gate and a compressor, kind of all in one. But it usually uses two or three simple knobs, usually labeled attack and sustain. So all you have to do is turn up the attack knob for more attack, turn down the attack knob for less, turn up the sustain knob for more sustain, turn it down for less. You know what I mean? Like It's really simple, it's really intuitive, and it does the job of maybe two or three processors in one with a couple of twists of a knob. Um, and I've tried a lot of them. The Soft Tube one is cool. The SPL one is cool. Uh, the Joey Sturgis one is cool. There's a lot of them out there. Transient Designers, the Oxford Involution is really cool. Um, that's a really amazing Transient Designer. But there's something to me about the Native Instruments Transient Master. I think it sounds incredible, particularly on drums. It, It really just does an amazing thing. Now, if I was talking about something to help increase attack or... Uh, reduce sustain on maybe, you know, piano, maybe it wouldn't be my favorite, but particularly on drums. The Native Instruments Transient Master is unbelievable, and I use it all the time. Um, It's incredible on kick drums for taming when the drum is just a little bit too long, and when you have to pull the sustain back just a little bit, it's much more natural sounding to me than a gate. Um, Or if you just need it to sound like the kick was played a little bit harder, you can turn up the attack just a little bit and it does, it works wonders similarly, I love it on snare I love it on toms, it can work really well on room mics uh, for increasing sustain, for increasing compression in that sort of way it's a really simple, intuitive and incredibly good sounding plug-in it is a little pricey I feel for what, you know, for what it is but it's still amazing, but you know, there's not a whole lot of things to tweak, there's only two knobs basically, uh, well you've got the output knob also, but it is a little pricey, but I highly recommend trying it out, getting a demo, and seeing how it sounds on drums because it might it might just blow you away. Like I've been using it for a couple years now, and man, I almost couldn't imagine mixing drums without it now, just because I love it so much. But yeah, definitely check out some of the others, the Joey Sturgis one, the Softube one, uh, the SPL one. Uh, there, you know, the Oxford. There's a bunch of great ones. Go ahead and check those out too. Definitely make sure to check out Transient Master. All right, number seven on the list is the UAD 1176 Revision E. Now, again, for whatever reason, I just love this 1176 model. I've got more 1176 plugins than I know what to do with. I've got the CLA stuff, and I've got the Rocket from Stillwell, and I've got... Um, jeez, every variation of the 1176 you could imagine, every clone, every emulation. Um, I've got all of the UAD 1176s, and there's just something about that one that, to me, sounds right. Now, of course, I, I have a real 1176, I have a hardware one, and maybe it's just that that one sounds the closest like mine, Um, and so it seems the most right to me. That could be possible. Now, we're not really talking about the Blue Stripe or Silver Face 1176 revisions, because those definitely sound way different than the Black Face editions. Uh, I'm kind of more talking about the more modern Black Face style, and mine is that as well, um, as is the Revision E plugin. Um, But if you had to get just one UAD 1176, I would recommend that one. Um, their blue stripe is amazing, yes, but uh, I use that 1176 all the time. It's been a while since I've had uh, U- Recording Lounge episodes, um, but I have recently, in the last six months, gotten into UAD plugins, finally, after all these years, and um, I've been saving up to buy a lot of them in one bundle because it's much cheaper. It's much more efficient to do that, like a lot cheaper, um, you know, per plugin. And I ended up with a bunch of plugins, and I love them dearly. But man, there's something about that plugin. I would use it on anything on a vocal, acoustic guitar, piano, drum rooms. I love it as a parallel on drums. So on a parallel bus, uh, I've really yet to find a bad instance where you know it. It just I've tried so many 1176 plugins, and so many of them are so close, but but they don't really do it. For example. Um, no hate on the CLA 1176 plugin, but it doesn't really sound like an 1176 to me. I like that plugin though. I use it, but it doesn't really sound like an 1176. Um, at least the blackface one doesn't. Uh, but I love that plugin on piano uh, to get a real nice rock piano sound, maybe even a little more than the UAD one. But it just doesn't quite get that thing that I want to hear when I plug into an 1176. Um, It's a sound that I I know and I've heard it. And again, it could just be my bias, but there's something about that particular one that I think just sounds incredible. So go check it out, the UAD 1176 Revision E. Number six is the UAD 2500, but I will also give a shout-out to the Waves 2500, which is also great. Um, The API 2500 is an awesome hardware compressor, And I love the Waves version. I love the UAD version. I do prefer the UAD version slightly more, but mostly because it's just a little bit more versatile, and it's a little bit more grabby uh, than the Waves version. Like, I feel like I can compress a couple dB on the UAD version, and I have to compress, you know, 6 dB to get a similar result on the Waves version. But again, they both sound great, and I love them both. Um the 2500 there's something about that plugin that just sounds right to me on drums um and i use used it on the drum bus and I have for years um when the uh Waves 1 came out and I bought it like right after the Waves plugins came out the API series I I fell in love with it immediately and there was something that it did to the sound of drums that just sounded right and it kind of hasn't left my drum bus ever since Gosh, I it, the way that it glues together drums, and I've got no I've got no uh, reservations about sharing my settings. I'll, let me pull it up here. So I love the uh, knee and thrust circuit set both to medium. Uh, I do like uh, loud also on the thrust circuit for drums. I like the feedback mode, and I typically do either a 3 or 10 millisecond attack on drums, sometimes 1 millisecond, sometimes. Um, usually a 3 or 4 to 1 ratio, and usually a 100 or 200 millisecond release. You know, there's no secrets here. That's what I use on drum bus. It's, it's one of those combinations. Uh, it's always around that same area. Um, how much compression totally depends on what it is. Anywhere from, you know, just tapping the meter to 6 or 7 dB in certain cases. Uh, You know, it really does depend. Sometimes I'll record drums really minimal compression, and then I'll smack them really hard in the mix. Other times I do kind of the opposite. I'll record drums with more compression on the way in uh, with analog gear, and then I'll just tap the drum bus like a dB. Um, But there is still something about the way the 2500 glues together drums. It ta- it's almost like it takes all of these individual microphones and says, like oh, yeah, let's make these all sound like one singular instrument. You know what I mean? It, it's magic what it does. And that's what we want good bus compressors to do. And this, uh, the 2500 is also great on the actual master bus. Um, so don't be afraid of trying it there as well. I would recommend backing down the ratio. It's really good at 1.5 to 1 or 2 to 1 on the master bus. Um, and like I said, I, I wouldn't be afraid to use that on drum bus either. I usually do 3 or 4 to 1. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just an amazing plug the The Waves one is great, the UAD one is great, but the UAD takes the cake for me on this position. Number five is FabFilter Pro-MB. Now, if you're not familiar with it, Pro-MB is a multiband compressor, similar to the Waves C4 or C6 or, you know, any of the other ones. But Pro-MB goes a step further than all of these, so not only can you have independent bands that are not... Uh, linked to any other bands, meaning like uh, in C4, for example, the four bands are, you know, touching each other. Uh, In Pro-MB, you can make a band wherever you want, and you can have certain parts of the frequency spectrum completely untouched. But one of the real beauties of Pro-MB is that you can sidechain into a band, meaning if you had a piano and a vocal recording, and they both sounded great, but when they, when the vocalist was singing, the piano just seemed to get in the way just a little bit uh, in the mid range. Well, you could put a band on Pro MB in the mids, and you could sidechain the vocal into just that band of Pro MB, and then your piano would not turn down, but only turn down the mid-range frequencies when the vocal was singing. And when the vocalist is not singing, that band would go back up and remain not EQ'd. Um, Now, of course, Pro-MB can operate in a normal multiband kind of mode, where it's detecting from, you know, the actual source. But the side-chaining capability is incredible, as well as the ability to define attack and release for every band in a super-wide range... The ability to pan bands around to the mid and side and all these other you know amazing features like that—it's um, just a solid plugin. I mean, I I I don't want for anything when I use that plugin. Um, it's really truly amazing and a tool that I think all of you should have. I I would be very comfortable saying that that. Anybody who's doing pro audio should have Pro MB. I mean, there will come a time where it's an an incredibly useful tool. I mean, you can expand, you can compress, you can expand upward or downward and compress upward or downward on every band. You can have, I think, six bands. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's truly amazing, and it, it knocks it out of the park. Great sound quality. It does not have a color to it, or like any sort of saturation or anything. It just does the job. It does it clean, and for how much processing it's doing, the CPU is very minimal, uh, which is like kind of classic Fab filter. They blow me away every single time. So yeah, Pro M B, go buy it. All right, number four is Valhalla Room. I've been a fan of the Valhalla DSP plugins for a long time, and uh, I still to this day, their plugins are only you know fifty bucks each. And Valhalla Room is one of the coolest, most versatile reverb plugins I've ever used, and I do love that plugin. I mean, I really, really do. I use it on all kinds of stuff. It's great on drums. It's great on vocals. Amazing on backing vocals. I mean, it, it's such a simple and intuitive reverb, and it's so inspiring, and and it's only $50. I mean, yes, there are amazing reverb plugins out there. I love the UAD plates. I love Altiverb. I love 2C Audio, Breeze and Ether. I love... Man, I, there's a countless number of great reverb plugins out there, but for the simplicity and the great sound quality... And the versatility and the overall, like, low CPU, uh, ease of use, everything. Valhalla just knocks it out of the park. And again, it was one of those plugins that when I first got it, I was just like, I just fell in love with it. And I said, This, I have to have this. So I bought it and I've been using it ever since. Um, long time user of that plugin. I also really love the Shimmer plugin that they have, and I love the Vintage Verb. Not crazy about the Valhalla Plate myself, Um, it just doesn't quite do it for me, but it does sound pretty cool, I just just think other plugins nail that a little bit better. But Valhalla Room and Valhalla Vintage Verb are both just stellar reverb plugins, and if you don't have them, they're only 50 bucks, you you will fall in love with it if you try it. Tons of different algorithms within there, you know, I love the uh, Bright Room, and I love the Dense Room, I love the Dark Room. Uh, and it's not just room reverbs. You know, they've got a couple of chamber models in there, and I think they have a hall. I don't quite remember, but they talk about it on the website. You can go read about all the individual algorithms. Um, but each one serves a purpose. Very, very simple to use. Uh, the entire plugin can be resized, you know, larger or smaller. It's just, it's so hard to complain with that plugin. It's really an incredible algorithmic reverb. Go check it out. Number three is Sound Toys Echo Boy. This is by far, in my opinion, the best delay plugin ever made. This plugin can do every type of delay you could ever imagine and more. And you can do the cleanest, clearest digital delays to the dirtiest, darkest, grungiest, most distorted, compressed delays. They have models of classic delays in there, like the Roland Space Echo and the Benson Echo Rec. This delay will end your search of a good delay plugin. Now, I know a lot of you have uh, messaged me over the years talking about delays and things, and they're like, I just don't really use delay a lot. You know, I like reverb. I highly recommend that you start experimenting with delay. Delay can be so incredibly powerful for creating space that is not reverb. And if y- the more you get into it, the more you will realize, wow, this is not just about an echo or a slap or a, you know what I mean? Um, delay can be incredibly powerful for creating width and depth and uh, increasing your stereo field and uh, increasing warmth on a vocal, um, increasing kind of the 3D quality of a guitar, Um, you know, the only place I don't really use a lot of delays are, you know, drums and bass, um, that, you know, if I ever use anything on bass like that, um, but drums and bass to me are more of a reverb type instruments, um, but man, delays I use all the time, I love delays on vocals and guitars and keys, percussion, um, but no, see, I will even use delays on drums, um, for rhythmic type effects, uh, you know, in certain situations, I mean, truly, Echo Boy is my favorite delay plugin, and I on my default template for my mix template, um, basically all of my delays are Echo Boy. Uh, you know, sometimes I did a dual mono instance, so I had one on the left and one on the right, uh, but most of the time it's a stereo instance. The number of things you can tweak on this plugin is—I couldn't even go into it. I could probably do an entire show just on Echo Boy, um, but the different models sound incredible. The longer you use it, the more you'll find incredible uses for it, and it's just—it sounds great. You know, it just sounds amazing. Soundtoys Echo Boy, um, by far and away, my favorite delay plugin and one of the coolest, most inspiring effects plugins that I have. Now, I will say, an amazing delay plugin that is still incredibly versatile and can probably do some things that uh, Echo Boy cannot is Fad Filter Timeless, but that one gets docked in my book because it's not a very intuitive plugin, it's not very fast to work with. Um, You can do some amazing things on it, but it takes some time because you have to route stuff around almost like you're working with analog synths. and you know, it's just, it kind of ruins the vibe of it for me sometimes, because you have to, like, figure out how you're going to do everything, and instead, when you open up Echo Boy, within 30 seconds, you've got an amazing sounding delay, and you can tweak the tone so fast. You can tweak the repeats, you can tweak the amount of saturation, you can tweak the model, you can tweak the timing, you can choose, do I want a single delay or a dual delay? Do I want, you know, a ping-pong delay? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, so... Definitely get Echo Boy if you don't have it already. So, for the number two spot, I actually have a three-way tie. And it's a little unfair, but I wanted to— uh, <laughs> I wa- didn't want to take up my entire top ten with saturation plugins, and these were all so good, I can't really pick between them. Um, and the top three for that are—for uh, slot number two are Soundtoys Decapitator and Cush Audio Novatron and UBK-1. These three plugins to me are some of the best sounding, most versatile, uh, saturation compression devices out there. Um, Soundtoys Decapitator is a staple and it's not just a saturation plugin. It's a filter and it's a, it's a, like a tilt EQ and it's a harmonics generator and it's a fattening device and it's. It's just an amazing saturation plugin. And both UBK1 and Novatron are compressors as well as saturators. I use these three plugins all the time. When I'm looking for saturation on something, it's going to be one of those three 90% of the time. And if it's not that, it'll probably be the Ampex that I mentioned earlier. They're just amazing. And I know that not all of you think you need saturation. Some of you think, oh, well, I don't really do that kind of thing. I don't really do saturated mixes. I don't really do, like, lo-fi stuff. It's not for that, I promise you. It's It, it can be used for that, but saturation is such a, such a deeper topic than just that. Um, it goes much farther into uh, transient control um, and warmth and... Uh, harmonics and richness and all of these other things. I mean, all these other buzzwords, I know, but um, you can use these plugins in so many different ways. Novatron is an incredible compressor. The UBK-1 plugin is, is like voodoo. Like, the compressor on that plugin, I can almost guarantee you, sounds like nothing that you have. Like, there is no compressor plugin that I own that sounds like UBK-1. Even though you can't tweak a whole bunch of stuff on those compression algorithms, they you don't really need to. They each have their own very distinct feel and and motion to them, and I think that's what I'm most impressed by um, about those about those two compressors, the Novatron and and the UBK one, is that um, the motion that they have. The like they actually add a very distinct pump or a rhythm, even if it's subtle. And it's so good I mean it feels good And it's one of those things when you hear And you're kind of like Oh okay That's what people talk about When they talk about compression being in time Or compression being like part of a groove Or compression being a dynamic like musical tool um, Is when the compression is, is enhancing the rhythm Not just dealing with transients Not just dealing with any of that. We're talking about enhancing the rhythm and enhancing the the motion that's coming at you in the speakers. And that's, that's hard for me to describe in words. Um, the best way I can describe what I'm talking about here, if you're still not quite getting your head around it, is, you know, when you hear drums, for example. Like, think about Billy Jean or uh, ACDC Back in Black, right? Any of those classic drum grooves, very simple drum grooves. But there's something about that beat that tells you how to move your head, how to clap your hands, how to move your body, you know what I mean? That As soon as you hear them, you instantly want to move. They, there's something about the way that that groove feels that makes you feel a certain way. And what we want to do is make sure that we retain that and make sure that, if anything, we enhance it. And make it really obvious to the listener, like, this song grooves. And really good compressors do that. Um, obviously not every single way that you set a compressor is going to sound that way. Sometimes you set a compressor to be super aggressive and not really have a groove and be more steady state. Sometimes you set a compressor to be super transparent and not really sound like you're compressing. Um, But other times you need compression to enhance and exaggerate and change the motion in the groove and to really make you feel what's happening. And those two compressors are so amazing for it. And on the saturation front, um, Novatron has a special thing to me. Uh, you can saturate before or after the compressor, meaning on the input or on the output. That is a really special thing, because what happens to a snare, for example, when you saturate it and then compress it, is a different sound than when you compress and then saturate. It's a very different sound. Um, me personally, on, on snare drum, I tend to saturate first and then compress... But some people would do the complete opposite. Um, So definitely check out all three of those plugins. If you're looking for kind of like amazing saturation devices uh, or a great compressor, it was so hard to pick between these for the number two spot. Because it could have easily been number two, three, four. But I didn't want to take up the whole list with these three plugins that are um, so near and dear to me. And I kind of use them interchangeably. And... Uh, even though Decapitator's not a compressor, it's also kind of like an EQ. You know what I mean? They're all three of these plugins are kind of multiple things in one. So the Kush Audio slash UBK Novatron and the UBK One, as well as Sound Toys Decapitator. Go check them out. They're incredible. I love them. You will too. Here comes the moment. What is my number one favorite plugin? This one's probably obvious to you by now. If you haven't figured it out or if you've been waiting for me to say it this whole time, it's FabFilter Pro-Q3. This plugin is a Um, game-changer. Pro-Q2 was amazing, but Pro-Q3 is an absolute game-changer, workflow-enhancing EQ. Um, Not only does it have the same amazing qualities of Pro-Q2 in terms of sound quality and flexibility and versatility and the ability to have 20-something bands and the ability to have... Every possible EQ shape you could imagine, and filter slope, and Q, and uh, uh, incredible flexibility in that department. But it—you now have the ability in Pro Q3 to have dynamic bands, and what that means is you can now compress or expand any band that you have, um, and that's so powerful. It doesn't replace the need for Fab Filter Pro MB because Pro MB you can actually go into each band and adjust, attack, and release, and all of those things individually. In Pro-Q 3, you can't adjust those things, but it still sounds great for what it does. One of the things that annoys me most about vocal recordings is that the human voice is a bit finicky, and... A lot of times you'll get strange resonances in the upper mids. Now, a lot of, not a lot of people talk about this on the Internet or in articles or whatever, but everybody I know, every engineer I know has talked about this to me. Those weird resonances that happen in, in a human voice. Um, you know, wh- when someone's singing hard or, or really high, you'll get these tones that pop out. You know what I mean? And, and it, it, maybe it's from their mouth, or maybe it's from their nose, or maybe it's from the microphone capsule. Maybe it's from the head basket. Maybe it's from the mic distorting a little. I mean, whatever it's from, they're there. And sometimes they sound fine, but other times you have to EQ them down in little tiny notches, right? But when you start EQing down all these weird little frequencies, uh, soon enough, the vocal itself starts to sound pretty bad, and then you have to decide, do I want to automate them on and off when the notes come on? Uh, it just becomes a nightmare. I And so this plugin has done something that we've all been asking for for years, which is uh, dynamic bands that can be incredibly narrow or incredibly wide. And you can pull out these strange resonances and set a threshold. So it won't pull down those bands unless the, f- the singer hits those weird resonances. So it allows you to EQ things less. Even though you have more functionality and you can technically do more, because the bands are dynamic, they won't engage until uh, that signal crosses a certain threshold. So you actually end up doing less EQ... And because it's dynamic, it's adjusting with your source. It's adjusting over time based on what's coming into it. Um, This EQ is just a game changer. I mean, Pro-Q 2 is already a game changer, and this takes it to another level. I don't really use other EQs in my mix. I mean, I will sometimes use a, uh, you know, a modeling EQ on my master bus, maybe a Dangerous Bax or uh, the Chandler Curvebender or maybe a Poltec style EQ, Um, but that's just more because I want my master bus to be a little bit more special and kind of signature, right? Um, But a lot of the color that I get comes from tracking. So from my microphones, from my preamps, from analog compressors, analog EQs and i try to get a lot of that color while i'm tracking i don't search for my plugins to always add the color you know what i mean uh, obviously i love saturation plugins i love tape plugins and all this but eq is something that i've never really cared about the you know analog eq style in the box because a lot of it is like well my goal is to use analog eq on the way in to shape something and then use FabFilter to just fit it into the mix. I don't really search for color from an analog EQ. Like EQs, even in the analog domain, don't have a lot of color. Uh, not nearly as much as compressors do or, uh, you know, driving a preamp can have. That's just kind of not how I see those devices, you know. I don't think it's the color of an analog EQ that makes it sound the way it does. I think it's more about the curves and the phase response of an analog EQ as opposed to an in-the-box EQ. But um FabFilter Pro Q3 just sounds amazing. It works amazing. You can put so many instances if you need to. You can I mean the features go so deep. I don't even have time to get into them on this episode. Go look it up. FabFilter Pro Q3. It is absolutely an essential mixing plugin in 2019. I I would recommend that as the first plugin anybody buy outside of their stock plugins in their DAW is FabFilter Pro Q3. 100% would be the first plugin I recommend. It is amazing. And they just made a new update with more features. I mean, I like I said, I wish I could go on and on about how much I love uh, that that plugin and that company really in general, um, but I just don't have time. I really don't, but I would love to. If you don't have Pro Q3, you need it. Go buy it. Okay, I have just a couple of honorable mention plugins that almost made this list. Um, the first one is Slate Trigger. Now, obviously, dr- drum samples that kind of fall, it's not quite what we think of when we think about plugin per se. You know, we're thinking about compressors and EQs and reverbs. But if we're talking about drum samples and drum sample triggering, drum sample replacement, I mean, there's just no other sample replacer worth getting, in my opinion. The Slate Trigger plugin is the one. Like, that is that is the drum sample plugin. Um, and the feature set and the ease of use of making your own samples and importing them in is so easy. You can play WAV files straight from the plugin, or you can make your own TCI files very easily. Very, very easily, and make the grid and adjust the uh, velocity divisions. It's it's a really simple but incredibly powerful plugin. It's not without its flaws. I wouldn't say it's a perfect plugin, but it is to me the one when you're considering uh, drum samples. It's just it's just that one. <laughs> it's amazing. All right, another one that gets an honorable mention is the Acme Opticom from Plugin Alliance and Brainworks. Um, I love the hardware unit of this compressor. It's kind of like a more aggressive mm, LA2 Summit TLA 100, um, you know, something in that department. But it's so good, it's such a good piece of gear, and the Acme Opticom plugin just nails it. It sounds so good, and it's such an amazing compressor plugin. If you're, if you're like, man, I really Wish I had another compressor plugin that was just different. That just gave me something a little bit more aggressive. Um, you know, it wasn't so nice and pretty. Uh, the Opticom is so good. It's so good on vocals and drums and bass and and really anything. I love that plugin. Uh, Brainworks and and uh, the Acme team just killed it on that plugin. I'm so impressed by it, and I use it a lot. Another honorable mention goes to FabFilter Pro L Two, which is the uh, limiter plugin. Um, this plugin is so good if you need a brick wall limiter. Now, me not doing as much mastering as I used to do. I I, I really don't do a ton of mastering these days. Um, I don't really get to use that plugin a lot. But man, it's just so good for as a master limiter. You, the different algorithms it has. The transparent mode is amazing. The modern mode is amazing. Um, And all the, uh, the metering options for loudness and all that are just beautiful and so useful to the modern engineer. Um, you know, it drives me crazy when plugins, they're, they're so intent on like sticking to the vintage, you know, visuals that they don't add the modern convenience that some of these things need. It's like, all right, I know that you're not really trying to do that thing, but come on, put a mix knob on it. You know what I mean? Like uh, some plugins do that. Like, for example, the uh, 2500 from UAD has a mix knob on it. And no, the hardware unit doesn't have a wet-dry blend, but uh, you can put it on a plugin easily. Why wouldn't you, you know? The Waves version does not have that, and that bothers me. Uh, that's one of those things. It's like, man, it's not that complicated to do a wet-dry blend. Um, <laughs> just put it on there. Uh, but the FabFilter stuff always has incredible metering. It always has, ironically, of course, now that I say that Pro-L doesn't have a wet-dry, but that kind of is not the purpose of that plugin. Um, the point is, in terms of limiters, it is really hard to beat for a master limiter, a brick wall limiter, um, you know, for pushing your tracks up to, you know, full scale. It's just amazing, and it's definitely impro- an improvement over the original Pro-L. Um, it's it, The features and sound have improved, in my opinion, so definitely on my uh, honorable mention list. And the last honorable mention is the BrainWorks Console E. This is an SSL style uh, console channel strip plugin, and man, it is so good. I've tried a lot of the SSL style plugins over the years, the UAD, uh, the Waves, uh, the actual SSL, like Duende, like made by SSL. And to me, this one sounds the best. Um, the filters and the compression, and again, the modern convenience of some of the features, the wet dry mix, and also the variable amount of noise and saturation and all of the metering. I mean, it's just a stellar plugin. It's also large enough to see. Like a lot of these channel strip plugins try to pack a bunch of stuff onto the screen, and the plugin ends up all real small. And again, they're trying to go with the original look so much that they sacrifice functionality. And the console E does not sacrifice that. It looks incredible. Um, The other incredible thing about console E is that they did something I believe called tolerance modeling technology where, um, when they modeled it on a console, they actually modeled every single channel of that console. So that means maybe a channel is a little bit more distorted, or maybe a channel has a little bit more high end, or maybe a channel has a slightly different phase response. And we're talking about, you know, degrees of five or 10%, like tolerance in components. Um, and it's Kind of magical, because you can select what channel of that console you want to use, and you can do a pair, and you can also select no channel. If you want to just use, like, the sound of the EQ and the compressor, but not model any of the other more, like, analog characteristics, you can turn off that sort of thing. And make it more of like a digital kind of version. Um, but it's just an amazing channel strip. And uh, if I had to recommend one channel strip on this whole list, it would be that, the Brainmarks Console E. Now, I just remembered as I'm saying this that they actually discontinued that original version of the plugin. And now it is available as BX Console SSL 4000E because it has been officially endorsed by SSL, endorsed and approved. Not just like casually, like, yeah, we approve. It's officially endorsed by SSL, and they changed the look of the plugin a little bit um, to look a little bit more like the original SSL. Um, but it's pretty amazing when a company who makes the console, who has been around forever, who changed the sound of rock music, who makes their own plugins, will willingly endorse your plugin that you made as an homage to them. Um, that's pretty amazing. And right now it's actually on sale on Plugin Alliance for $69. Is that true? That hold on, <laughs> that's incredible. Um, this is not a cheap plugin, people. This is like a $300 plugin. Um, yeah, you might go check that out right now because it's on sale and it's incredible. If I had to recommend a single channel strip, it would definitely be this. Okay, I hope everyone in, out there enjoyed this episode of my top 10 favorite plugins. And just like the microphone episode, my opinions are changing a little bit all the time. You know, maybe next week I say, ah, no, I like this plugin just a little bit more, Um, maybe I would have changed something on the list, I don't know. But the truth is, these plugins I've all had for quite a while, and they're still, I would say, within my top 20, no doubt. Um, Pro-Q 3 is incredible, Decapitator and Echo Boy I've been using forever, Transient Master I've been using for years, Um, I mean, so many of these plugins I've been using for years and years and years, and I keep coming back to them, and I've tried to find other versions and other competing companies to make something better, and I I haven't really found them. Um, there are so many amazing plugins out there, and we live in an amazing time. I mean, even back when I first started this podcast 10 years ago, what was available in the plugin market is nothing like it is now. We're really, really blessed to have all these incredibly creative companies making these really good-sounding plugins that coming from somebody who owns a lot of hardware really do compete. They sit at the same table. Let me put it that way. They may not sound just like it. Maybe some of them sound a little bit better. They certainly have lower noise than the hardware, Um, but they sit, they can sit at the same table. They can hang, you know what I mean? Like they really can. Um, anyway, hope all of you enjoyed this show. As always, if you're interested in contacting me, you can do so at recordingloungepodcast at gmail.com or go to recordingloungepodcast.com and fill out the contact form. Also on the website, you can find resources, the blog, all kinds of other stuff. Make sure you check out the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Recording Lounge. Also on the website, you can sign up for our free mailing list, which is a no spam. I promise I don't annoy you. I send out maybe one email a month. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not one of those places. It drives me crazy, to be honest, because so many pro audio companies will send out emails every day, or every other day, and it's like, you know, I like your products, but please stop, you know? <laughs> um, I, I unsubscribe from a lot of those because it drives me nuts. I promise I won't do that to you. Um, I do not send out tons of emails through the mailing list, but it's free, it's no spam, it's secure, you're good to go. So you can sign up for that on the website, it's really great, I like using it a lot. Um, And it's also a good way for me to contact you if there have been any issues, or if there's a new show that is published, or if I've published a new YouTube video, or a new blog post, or anything like that. It's a great way for me to contact you, Um, and uh, yeah, so definitely consider doing that. Another thing is, if you're interested in sending me any show ideas, they're greatly appreciated. I'm trying to get back into the flow of the podcast, and I've got a kind of a list of things I'd like to talk about, um, but I'm definitely right now in kind of like suggestion mode. So please send me your ideas for podcast episodes, things I could talk about. Now, some of them might be better suited as a YouTube video, so if you think that, then please let me know that as well. And others might be better suited for some paid content, which I'm going to try to do later on this year. I'm going to try to have some paid content for some like special, almost like courses that you can get from the Recording Lounge website that go more in-depth um, and are both audio and video and have things you can download and things like that because... There are some things I can't do through YouTube and some things I can't do through the podcast. And it it would kind of be the best of both worlds. Um, And uh, I'd have the, the ability to make a little money on it, help support the podcast, as well as have more features than what I would really feel, you know, comfortable just doing on a YouTube video and being like, hey, try it out. You know what I mean? Like I could actually give you files and things like that. Anyway, so thanks for being podcast listeners and fans. Remember, we have two more parts of this series. My top 10 series celebrating 10 years of Recording Lounge we will have my top 10 favorite studio tools and my top 10 favorite guitar and bass tools. Those two episodes will be coming very soon. Make sure you stick around for that and tell your friends about Recording Lounge because we're back. I'll talk to you next time.